When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. And this week we are covering Teenage The classic book. The classic the cl- book? The classic book. You know, in honor of, you know, the day that we're recording this. LOL 420 Blaze It. Uh the classic book, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Don't Do Drugs, a rap song. What yeah. a fantastic read. It's, uh, it's, it's a fantastic read. It's not at all confusing to me that it is a song written in the form of a children's picture book. Not at all confusing. <laughs> well, it, it, it changed my life, really. You know, I mean, I grew up with this book. I had it. Um back then and it literally starts out just like every bad 90s written for kids rap song you know we're the ninja turtles and we're here to say don't do drugs they're not okay see i i appreciate when a a rap artist tells me who they are and and why they are rapping to me right out of the gate because then i don't i need to to know what they're here to say yeah well and like just the fusion of the music you really get to see on the cover as you have like Michelangelo out front with his thumb down, angry look on his face, very rap. And then in the background, you have Donatello and Raphael with like their hands extended, like they're singing the final note of the Barbershop Quartet song. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a very thought out like art style. It's very boys to men. It's, it is it's very boys to men yeah 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 um like they're not so much like a rap group as they are like they they are definitely a singing group this this book changed my life too i hadn't heard of drugs until this book and i was very curious about them after just seeing the title and well then uh, well, well then you weren't curious about them anymore because remember this book also tells you don't do smack oh don't do it i'm bad do, do with not do smack man See, this is why you should tell people what to do and not what to not do. <laughs> All right, I think that joke's long gone on. <laughs> we're not covering this. We're not covering that book. Say, I am way too high to keep this going. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but it is a it is a fun read. Yeah, and it is four twenty. So, uh, hey Spencer, what are we actually doing today? Today we're actually covering Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Urban Legends or the image run or teenage mutant turtles volume three whatever issues nine through eleven no titles for this yes untitled untitled and untitled Untitled. 
Did we make that joke already? I think we made that joke. Already. I, yeah, this is at least the third time we've made it. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Hey, you know well, what? You know, we'll, we'll keep, keep it going. We'll, we'll keep it going all the way through. There's only like 25 issues of this. It's yeah. not going to get boring. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. But uh, yeah, like I, I actually took the chance on this one and, and like took a deep dive, you know, oh. on these issues. Yeah. Like Linda learned a little bit more about a, a guy named Galahad. But not Ooh. not like not like the actual night of the round table. The I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah, I didn't go that deep. Gotcha. You know, and, and by deep dive, I mean I I read an issue of a comic and read a Wikipedia article. Gotcha. Yeah. The bare the bare minimum of research. Yeah. Uh, minimum of research. But spoiler alert: these actually these three issues weren't bad. Like, I enjoyed them. Yeah. Yeah. I. I don't think they're bad. I, I remember the first time I read them, I was pretty confused because I didn't do the deep dive uh, and check the Wikipedia. And I was just like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. But like, they are good issues otherwise. So maybe yeah. we should just go ahead and get right into it. And, uh, I think so. Yeah. Let me tell you a story. Perhaps I can best explain. The story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. I will start us off with issue nine, which was released in May of 1997. The story is by our usual team of Gary Carlson on the story, uh, writing the story, Frank Fosco on art, Andrew Pepoy on inks, and our brand new colors for the Urban Legends books by Adam Gazowski, Chris Eliopoulos doing the letters. Original series editor was Eric Larson, and the current editor of this book, as it was released as Urban Legends, is Megan Brown, and the publisher, Greg Goldstein. So, Leo reaches the city of Midway in his search for Splinter, because there's been reports of some crazy bat, giant bat people infestation thing, which sounds kind of like Splinter. So, he's on his way there. And while he's on his way there, we end up learning that this is the home of Galahad, a superhero who's the White Knight and the Night Watchman. Leo has apparently met Galahad before and uh, hopes that he remembers him. Uh, Leo runs into a bat mutant that isn't Splinter as he's flying over in the sky in his uh, hover car. And this bat mutant uh, kind of tussles with him and from it, we learned that uh, he serves Splinter and that Splinter is. And that Splinter wants Leo bitten and turned into a bat creature and brought to him. Leo takes down this bat creature and lands his air car to finish him. He picks up a wooden stake to kill him, but is stopped by the Night Watchman. He recognizes Leo because the Night Watchman is actually Galahad now wasn't before but now galahad is both the night watchman and galahad because the night watchman has retired uh, so the night watchman injects the bat mutant with the cure that he has developed to fight what has become a bat mutant pandemic uh it seems as the mutation and the whole thing has mixed with some sort of rabies disease and so a variation on the cure for rabies also cures this mutant bat pandemic 
mutant bat disease that's transmitted through them biting. Naturally, the two team up to find Splinter and end it. Whilst at Galahad's home, Leo tries to contact Splinter through the astral plane. Uh, while he's doing that, bats crashing through the window. One of them is a giant mutant bat, uh, and they tussle. But the mutant gets away. However, that was part of the Night Watchman's plan. He planted a tracker on the mutant, and they're able to follow it back to Splinter. They raid the roost and cure many of the mutants, if not all of them that are there. Uh, Leo fights a Splinter, who has completely lost his mind. He calls Leo the demon that haunts his dreams. Leo injects him with the cure, but it doesn't seem to actually save him from being a bat mutant. He escapes and flies off. Leo has lost Splinter again, but at least Night Watchman's Midway is safe. The end. All right, so that brings us to TMNT Volume 3 slash Urban Legends Issue 10, originally released July of 1997, Written by Gary Carlson, pencils by Frank Fosco, inks by Andrew Pepoy, letters by Pat Brousseau, that's a new letterer, it's been Chris Leopolis up to this point, and colors by Adam Gazowski. So, jo so Donatello jumps off a moving train in Midway City while commenting about the fact that he actually likes being part cyborg. He's stronger, faster, smarter than ever. He also reveals that the armor never sleeps, so he knows what's going on while he's asleep, which is pretty cool. Uh, he climbs into a watchtower and sneaks up on Leo, who's trying to repair the air car that was scrapped in the last issue. In, in his surprise, Leo accidentally ruins the blueprints for the car, and Don thinks he can rebuild it. He explains that Raph and Mike have traveled to Chicago, following up on a lead about some sort of vampire creature that they think might be related to Splinter. On the streets of Chicago, we find the Savage Dragon. He's hot in the case of a killer who sucks the life out of his villains. Uh, he's interviewed by Roxanne Wells, girlfriend of the superhero Vanguard. He asks her to check with Vanguard to see if she, he has any leads. Dragon is met by Raph and Mike in disguise. He says that he doesn't have any leads on their master splinter. The creature he's after doesn't suck blood like a normal vampire. Instead, they wind up with a bunch of spots that look like they've been impaled and they're drained of their energy. Now they don't just have like two neck bites, right? He wishes the turtles the best and takes off. Left to their own devices, Raph heads to a strip club for supervillains and gets in a fight. Mike, meanwhile, goes to see Sarah, aka Horridus, the spiky lizard girl who lives with Savage Dragon's girlfriend, Rapture. He developed a crush on her after they crossed paths in the last crossover. She invites him in to watch some cartoons. Back in New York, a mysterious man knocks on April's door saying he's looking for Casey. Casey's apparently won the lottery out in Colorado. April knows this is some kind of ploy to get Shadow, so she says she doesn't know Casey and sends the man away. Back in Chicago, Leo wakes up from a nap in the air car piloted by Donatello. Don was able to build the whole car back from scratch in a few hours with the help of his new robo-brain. They come across Savage Dragon, who's confronting local mob boss Cyberface about the vampire creature. When things start to escalate, Don interferes with a small arm cannon shot. The bad guys take off and Roxanne reappears, telling Dragon that she has some info on a connection between all the villains. Telling Dragon that she has some info on the connection between all of the victims of this vampire creature. They were all involved in the trial of Johnny Lee Rayburn, a child murderer convicted 25 years ago. 
Instead of going to prison, Rayburn chose to volunteer for the Seeker program, which put him and a bunch of other criminals on a spaceship on a one-way ticket out of the solar system. NASA lost contact with them years ago after they passed Pluto. Roxanne is convinced that the next victim will be the judge in the case, and Dragon, Leo, and Don move out to find his place. They arrive just in time to see the judge being attacked by some evil robot creature. To be continued. And continue it does in the next issue. Issue 11, October 1997. Frank Fosco and Eric Larson on the cover. Gary Coulson, writer. Frank Fosco, penciling again. Andrew Pepoy on inks. Pat Brousseau on the letters. Mikey and Sarah are watching cartoons together. The female mutant explains that she used to have a TV to watch in her parents' basement as they chained her up down there because they thought she was a monster. Mikey is aghast and tells her that, well, he thinks she's cute, and he kisses her. Just then, Sarah kisses him back and leaps into his arms. Just then, Rapture walks in and flips out. She screams at Mikey, tells him to get lost. The turtle, the turtle tries to explain, but the woman won't hear it and slams the door in his face. Mikey walks off with a huge grin plastered on his face. Raph, meanwhile, is enjoying the bar fight that he's involved in with a huge smile plastered on his face. Elsewhere, Leo is pleading with Roxanne to take the controls of the air car so that he can help Don and Officer Dragon battle the monster. But the reporter's too intent on filming the event. Inside, Dragon yells at Rayburn to surrender, but the creature explains that Johnny died millions of miles away in outer space, only to be reborn as Death Watch who has returned to give death sentences to those who can, to those, who has returned to give death sentences to those that convicted his formal self. Dragon and Donatello then open fire, but the creature dematerializes. Dragon is knocked unconscious and tossed out the window. Fortunately, he lands inside the air car and knocking Leonardo out. Unfortunately for Donatello, he's now facing death watch alone. The monster grabs the mutant cyborg turtle with four mechanical tendrils that extrude from its skeletal head, and it begins to probe Donatello's mind, causing him extreme pain. Death Watch reads Donatello's memories and discovers how he became a cyborg and then drains the turtle's life force, apparently killing him. As Death Watch gloats over the victory, Don's cyborg body awakens and explains that while Donatello's brain was killed, its computer brain still lives. The machine then blasts the villain in the chest, killing him. The cyborg then approaches the body of the fallen judge and attempts to administer CPR when it's attacked by another alien that bursts through the wall. Roxanne leaps out of the air car into the room finally so she can film the new battle between the cyborg and the alien whose name is Vanguard. As Miss Wells films, she informs Vanguard that he's been fighting the wrong person. Dragon then arrives and pulls the two apart. A small flying robot named Ibot that looks like an eyeball because he's Ibot also turns up and examines the remains of Death Watch and it warns that the exoskeleton he wore is of Torellian origin, a computer-like alien race that interfaces with other beings with neural probes, draining the victim's life experiences and life force as well. Dragon proclaims Don must be lucky to have escaped that fate, but the cyborg informs him that Donatello is indeed dead. Dragon tells Leonardo to talk some sense into his brother, but the cyborg explains that the mutagen in Don's body has allowed its artificial intelligence to gain sentience over Donatello's brain when it was fried by Death Watch. Roxanne Wells delivers her final report. Dragon wonders if Rayburn is actually dead, and Vanguard and Ibot explain that they'll have to investigate further. Dragon hops into the air car, keeping it safe until Raph turns up to claim it and then takes off. 
Back in New York City, the mobsters have tapped April's phone and eavesdropping as Casey tells his mother to keep her location secret. The men in the van are then hit by a dart and shuriken, killing both of them. The end. Bum, bum, bum. Man, if I was like 2% better at, you know, editing stuff, I'd put an effect on your voice every single time you said Death Watch. <laughs> Death Watch. But I'm not 2% better at editing. You have, to, so. you have to say it like that. You can't, you can't just say Death, it like Death Watch. Death Watch. Death Watch. It was, the, it was the 90s, man. It was the 90s. Heck yeah. yeah. This, this, this ain't Mirage comic. This is Image. You're right. And also, Keith, I'm so sorry that I left out the detail in my story that the car got scrapped uh, it, during that last issue. I, I forgot to, to mention that <laughs> point. I forgot that that was something that came up later. It's no problem. I also, just for the audience, I want to clarify that I am not high. I am just a terrible storyteller. <laughs> 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 That was a you know, the being high thing was a joke. Yeah. LOL 420 blaze it. Oh I like think I like that you can't just say 420 yet to say the entire phrase every time. LOL 420 blaze it. <laughs> Honestly, like I just I always have like the goal to get donuts on this day and be like 420 glaze it, but then I never do. And so yeah, it's just that day of the year where I always want to buy donuts as a joke and then never do it. <laughs> Maybe next year. Yeah. There's still it's time. Like you can go to the donut store right now. Uh, I mean, not, while not while we're recording. Yeah. But. It'll have to be next year, you know, the second time around. Right. <laughs> Good segue. Ooh, that was, that was pretty sweet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What can I say? I'm, I'm pretty smooth. That was, that was pretty good. <laughs> hey, nice junk. So we know that the Night Watchman. In this book was Galahad. Who's Spencer? You said you did some deep diving on Galahad. Yes, yes, please. So, Night Watchman and Galahad. The Night Watchman used to be Galahad's uncle. Well, not used to be. He is Galahad's uncle, and he retired. So they are originally characters from a comic called Big Bang Comics. It was co-created by Gary Gary Carlson, mm-hmm. and it was an anthology that was a homage to Golden and Silver Age comics. So there was like two different Earths, like an Earth A and an Earth B. Uh, one of them takes place in like, you know, World War II era. The other one takes place in like the 60s when like the Silver Age was happening. Uh, so Galahad and Dr. Weird, who they mention, come from those books. Now, the story also mentions that Leonardo has met Galahad before, and it references that it happened in Big Bang Comics number 10. In Big Bang Comics number 10, Galahad, you know, who is just Galahad and is still young, he's pretty much the Robin to the Night Watchman, which is the Batman. Uh, He goes to New York to track down an assassin that killed his friend, and he actually ends up fighting Shredder early in the Shredder's career. Uh, And like as the head of the New York City foot. And then he meets the Turtles when they're kids. After losing to him, he gets thrown in the sewers. And the turtles and their children find him and pick him up. And uh, we, he also throws drops in a detail that the night watchman actually trained with Hamato Yoshi. So like, what? Yeah. There, there's like a lot of details that are kind of added in this story, which are, which are pretty fun. You know, the turtles 
like Galahad's mask and so they want to make their own and that's how they end up wearing their ninja masks is that they wanted to wear a mask like Galahad's oh man so it's actually that's a fun cool. story to read if you ever run across Big Bang Comics number 10 check it out because it actually you you get a sea shredder when he is alive and kicking uh and kicking butt <laughs> Which That's really cool. More than weird. more than he ever did in the Mirage Run. Yeah, like you don't get to see him do it very often in the Mirage Run. So it, it's pretty cool to actually get to see him, like I said, in the story, doing ninjutsu and and having his foot ninjas take people down. It's it's pretty cool. It's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Where where'd you find that? Um. So I looked <laughs> all over for somewhere where I could buy it and read it on online. You know, looked on Amazon. It's sold out mm. everywhere. I had to find those dark corners of the internet. Okay. Uh, you Feel free to cut that out. I was just curious. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it in. You know, that's the thing is if you're okay. all over the place for a comic book and you cannot find it and, you know, for research purposes, for your podcast, or even if you just want to actually understand the history and see a story, it's fine if you have to result to to that if it's not readily available for you to read. I think it's better yeah. that stories are read and preserved and known about than for them to just disappear because someone isn't currently selling them. Yeah. If the rights holder do not make it available for you to purchase legally, it is ethically okay. In my opinion. If you don't think so, let me know why. Actually, you know, it's an interesting discussion to have. Yeah. <laughs> let us know somewhere in the comments. Tell me I'm a dirty thief. Do it. All right. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, the only other thing I had for issue nine is that scene where the night watchman is like sitting in this big chair while Leo's like uh, trying to, he's, he's meditating, trying to contact Splinter and that bat flies through the window. Uh-huh. It's like, it's very reminiscent of Batman year one. When yeah. I, he's sitting like in the bat flies through the window, like the windows are the same. The chair is the same. Yeah. Was it was it quite, quite the homage? Was it this issue or uh, issue ten where he where he called him chum because they're writing in the car together? I can't. That remember. would have been this issue because he was only in this issue. That's right. That's yeah. Right. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so when Leo's talking about like he makes a couple Robin jokes like, uh, oh, like I'd make a I'm a terrible boy wonder, mm-hmm. um, and then when they're driving together, he asks them like, Oh, you know, let me know when you're having uh, sidekick auditions. And he's like, sure thing, chum. Uh, that is a reference to Batman 66 where uh, Batman and that show would, you know, call Robin, you know, old chum or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, he's definitely supposed to be a homage to Batman. You know, if, if not a, a parody or whatever i mean he's a blatant rip he's a blatant (laughs) like if it's it's an homage (laughs) he's roll x with a ks instead of yeah you know (laughs) like it's yeah like there's nothing subtle about that uh that homage but once again, like it, because it, it's supposed to be like a return to golden and silver age comics. And so I think that's definitely what they're going for here when yeah. they tell this story is that, you know, like this, this is taking being able to take Batman back to the golden age, you know, back when he was 
he was there and and now even move past that like that's the other cool thing that i guess it's kind of what i love being a turtle but i'll say it now anyway is that you get to see like people actually grow up <laughs> you actually get to see like batman you know essentially night watchman retire and robin like take mm-hmm. on his mantle and being stuck between trying to be two different superheroes you know he's galahad during the day and the night watchman at night and so you know because the night watch night watcher <laughs> no different different guy oh different so, guy got yeah, it yeah. This, guy. this one is the night watchman yeah <laughs> oh come on. that's that was a reference Friends in 2007 that we didn't get. <laughs> he was talking about this guy. But oh man, what well, if that movie took place in this universe and it was an actual like? <laughs> yeah, hmm. I mean, apparently they're pretty closely tied. <laughs> yeah, Galahad. Hmm. Um, another kind of just like a cool little thing that was in there is that Leonardo uses his Kaginawa to save a guy. Uh, which is another actual like ninja thing. Kagi means hook. Nawa means rope. It's it's a hook rope. It's it's a it's grappling hook. hook. It, it's a grappling yeah. hook. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was a thing that they actually used, and I like I like that they don't call it as grappling hook. That they actually were like Kagi Nawa. It, it's just really cool. Yeah, this is the second time in this book they've used like an extra bit of ninja gear. They've already used the climbing claws. Now they've used their like grappling hook. I like yeah. when the turtles have more than just their basic equipment, you know? Yeah. I like it when the turtles have pockets to put all that stuff in. Oh, right. At least keep it in the shell, right? Let's take them back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're storage shells. <laughs> right, 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 right. My, my last like little fun question here for you guys. For the, us. When you're reading along in comics and they abbreviate the names, you know, because obviously they probably don't want to write out that entire character's name every time. Do you read it as the actual name or do you read it as like a nickname that's like just the two letter abbreviation? Because like in this one, he like Night Watchman is abbreviated to KW quite a few times and he calls him like KW. Or maybe I th- Night Watchman. I think I read it as the, because I remember running across that and being like, what the heck does that mean? I, I think I read it as the initials. Yeah, I just read yeah. it as, a, as the initials. Yeah, me too. I, I honestly love it as a nickname. I, I don't know if that was originally the intent in comics, but like I love calling Green Lantern GL. Like just being like, oh yeah, GL. Uh, I think it's, I don't know, it, it, like Hellboy HB. I know they call him HB a few times in the yeah, comics. No, no, no. I, I, love, I yeah. love nicknames like that. Like, You think it just started with the letter being like, ah, oh, I'm so freaking sick of writing out Hellboy. Yeah. I can HB. Almost, Y'all I know can... who it is. His name's on the cover. <laughs> I can almost guarantee you that that's how it started. Like I can almost guarantee Actually used you to, that the letterer did not want to write Green Lantern every time. I used to have a boss, uh, and her her initials were uh, HB, so I was called her HB. <laughs> yeah. Which was also funny because we worked in Huntington Beach, Ooh, so wow. which is HB, the home of Hellboy. Yeah, yeah exactly, the home of yeah, Hellboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Not so, New yeah. York. i just thought it'd be fun to to ask that see what your guys' thoughts were because i definitely read it yeah as as like a nickname like oh yeah it's gl yeah i i do now do you read it as atat or adat (laughs) atat atat because then what is atst yeah and atist exactly 
thank you thank you keith yeah it's all-terrain armored transport or all-terrain scout transport yeah come on and then and then you know in the in the prequels you've got like mtt's like you don't call you know mtt a multi-trooper however having said that i do call staps staps and not staps so Oh, but that was, was in the brand. That was in the branding, though, too. For that, like staps were always staps. Yeah, yeah. Just like tie is not tie. It's tie. Yeah, tie fighter. But that I mean, but they say that in the actual like dialogue. Mm-hmm. Anyway, these these are really the important debates in life. Things like you know, is ad at or atat. Yeah. And, no, absolutely. Yeah. Like if, if anyone in your family pronounces it wrong, you should probably, you know, stop talking to them, you know. You should show them this episode and then yeah. we will tell them. Exactly. We're the we're the to show them so they're so bored with the with the visual of just our <laughs> logo for <laughs> half an hour. They fall asleep and they're completely compliant. <laughs> there you go. Be like, here, listen to this podcast. It's, it's whatever you want. Words. Just don't make me listen to Ninja Turtle Power Hour. <laughs> These guys are authorities on Star Wars that, you know, do this podcast about Ninja Turtles where they mention Star Wars. You know, I did use, I used to do several Star Wars podcasts. I am an authority. You are an authority right there with Apollo and Midnighter. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. I'm not an actual authority on Star Wars. (laughs) But I did do several Star Wars podcasts. I've done an expertized podcast about it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The only thing I can claim to be an expert is is a Ninja Turtle. So let's keep talking about them. Yeah. Uh, issue 10, uh, Donatello says it's tool time when he turns his arm into a giant saw. Uh, there was a popular, Tim Allen show yeah, called uh, Home Improvement. He had a tool was, show called Tool Time. I was going to say something else as part of a joke. But yes, <laughs> part, mm-hmm. part of Home Improvement. Yes. Uh, popular video game on the Super Nintendo. Um, uh, also got a TV show. Man, <laughs> I actually remember seeing episodes of Home Improvement. So, oh, I used uh, to watch Home Improvement all the time. It was on. It was on for a long time too. Like yeah. that littlest kid. I'm pretty sure he was like a baby when it started, and he was he was like 24 when it ended. He, he wasn't a baby, but he was definitely like elementary school. Yeah, he was. But yeah, he was like a the child. Three, the yeah. three kids. Yeah, the three kids on the show definitely grew up. Yeah. Like, and then Jonathan Taylor Thomas was the middle kid. Jonathan Taylor Thomas was like a huge teenage heartthrob in the late 90s. Um, yeah. And you don't have to explain it to me. Yeah. I don't have to explain it to you. Uh, but yeah, he uh, he left the show to go to go to school and stuff like that. Well, you had to explain that to me. I had no idea. Yep. Now I do. And knowing is half the battle. Yeah. So. This issue is actually a milestone for the comics on this podcast because I thought I was this like, was image. Eh. Uh, not milestone comics. Uh, milestone uh, comics. Four twenty. Blaze it. Okay. <laughs> well, what makes this issue so important is I was alive when it came out. This is the first issue of Ninja Turtles we've read. Ah. I was alive when it came out. Oh my goodness. I'm not even How old sure. are you, Spencer. I'm not even sure if I was a month old when it came out. Uh, okay. I was at most I was a month old. 
uh, if it came out at the end of July. But nonetheless, I was alive for this one. Feels wow. good. Feels good to be here. Is this the first time? Is this the first time you read this this issue or no? No, I, I've read I've read this series before, but oh, okay. I was at least I wasn't reading this, you know, at that time, but I was alive nonetheless. That's something, man. Also, do you remember when I said that uh, there was going to be no more dragon? I lied. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I was thinking that. I was like, I can't believe Spencer lied to us. Yeah, I, yeah. I totally forgot that he... I, I, story. Like, I distinctly remember that. Yeah, I only <laughs> remembered Vanguard. Like, that's the only character I could remember. I didn't remember that Dragon was in this one. So, my bad. Let it slide this time. Yeah. Vanguard, though, however, is another Gary Carlson creation, or co-creation anyway, which uh, so I'm kind of seeing a pattern here on these characters that show up in this crossover. But Yeah, he, I also think Vanguard, his first appearance was in Savage Dragon number two with the Turtles. Uh, he was the backup, like on the other side of the comic. Oh, wow. So, yeah. That's pretty neat. Yeah, he, he's just a an alien that was put in charge of uh, guarding Earth, and it's supposed to suck because Earth is supposed to be boring. It's, and that reporter is his girlfriend, which you ended up bringing well, as, up. But there's as no a citizen of Earth, I can say it is pretty boring. Yeah. Uh, leading into the anchovies a little bit here, it would have been nice had they explained any of that during this comic. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I pretty lost when it came to that. Yeah. I mean, because like when he when he showed up, like I kind of just assumed he was another image superhero, not necessarily like one of Gary Carlson's. Mm-hmm. Like I just assumed because I already know like this universe exists, and Raph like literally went to a strip bar for supervillains. Like, yeah. so we know these these type of people exist in this universe. So it's like I was just like, okay, this is just somebody that they pal around with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's see, what else do I have? Um, ba, 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 ba. Back to Savage Dragon number two. I don't know if you remember the very last page of that book. Uh, there was like a farmhouse with a door open and someone saying hello from the basement. That was actually Hortus, uh, Sarah, that Mikey hooks up with. And then I think this is the first time that we've seen Leo called Leon in issue 12. Um, there is like a guest issue where he, he gets called Leon. I think it's one of Mark Martin's issues, but I think we skipped it. This is the first time on this podcast he's been called Leon. Well, we will definitely be going back and, and reading those issues eventually. That Which is, is a, it's a, it's a nickname that uh, Donnie calls Leo in Rise. Yeah. I'm not a fan personally, but. Of calling him Leon? yeah it in rise it's more like a joke he does to make fun of him because you know they're brothers mm-hmm. but i think it got a little annoying with how often uh roxanne was doing it in this issue oh, yeah. especially because like he kept correcting her and she was like i don't care yeah a little bit i don't know it's kind of a funny bit some of some of it's it's like when, it's like when there's a joke that like mm-hmm. It's funny the first time, 
and then you keep going and it stops becoming funny. But if you keep going at it, it suddenly becomes funny again because yeah, I, keep, that, I keep doing it. This that, wasn't that. This wasn't that for me. Um, but <laughs> if she had done it ten more times, though, it would have been yeah. Funny it's got. It's got to be times. like ground yeah. into the into my brain so that I just stop noticing it. <laughs> then it'll be funny. Right, right. Um. Also, is this the first time that we've seen the turtles, or at least Raph, drink beer? We know he ordered it before. Yeah, he's asked April to get him one, but when she came back, he was asleep. And then, like in the in the space cantina in issue four of uh, volume one, yeah, like he didn't. I don't. I can't remember. I don't think he got the beer. They drank that he something. I don't know. If it was like Earth beer, though. Um, yeah, it definitely wasn't Earth beer. So this is the first time that we've actually seen the turtles drink beer yeah there was like the back cover of uh raphael number one him and casey are like jumping off a roof to attack some guys and there's beer cans sitting there so that could be it but who knows yeah i like to think that's just casey's beer not necessarily yeah that's what i'm saying we don't know that he we didn't see him drink it and it's also like it's not a part of the story it's just the back cover right yeah yeah you might be right hmm one of, the, one of them definitely drank something alcoholic when they were on that planet, though. Whatever it was, we don't know, but they were hiccuping. <laughs> um, that's about all I have for these. Same. Yeah, I don't really have anything else that I super noticed about this. Um, part of it is be- mostly because, like, you know, I'm going into these issues for the first time, so there's not really, like, the stuff that, like, I would notice outside of like general references, like Night Watchmen is supposed to be obviously Batman mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Should we uh, break into our anchovies then? Put some Let's anchovies on this pizza. Let's do it. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I can't let you know. Could you imagine an anchovy and blackberry pizza? <laughs> I, I mean, who knows, dude? Like, I am, I'm, amazed at the blackberries i had on my pizza that was totally in the bonus content before we even started this i want everyone to know that i had a pizza with blackberries on it prosciutto different kinds of cheese some basil really good just gonna feel you like are you having a pizza at that point are you having like it's basically it's it's like a a reverse salad it's 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 a charcuterie pizza that's what you're having instead of like you know if think of a salad it's like crouton bacon bit uh lettuce you're just having it backwards it's like bay leaf oh, like you're you're having a charcuterie pizza that's what you're basil having. yeah yeah i mean maybe like i don't know like it definitely was like on a crust that was kind of more of like it's kind of flatbready you know it was still like kind of crispy you know like like a crust but it was kind of more flatbready and it definitely didn't have like marinara sauce on it either so maybe maybe we are starting to like be pizza more in the abstract concept than we are like you know a genuine pizza <laughs> pizza is a concept other yeah. than actual you consumed the idea of pizza but exactly it, <laughs> it's a circular piece of bread with <laughs> cheese and and meat and you know other toppings on it and therefore it is pizza right i read somewhere that the the best uh food that humans have ever made is just like tomato cheese carb like tacos or tomatoes 
cheese, taco shell, pizzas, cheese sauce, crust, pastas, you know, pasta, yeah, pasta tomato sauce, and some Parmesan. Like, it just, wow. it's the best uh, combination of food. My yeah, mind no, is, I believe it. My mind's been blown tonight. There you go. Uh, grilled cheese and tomato soup, you know, I, it just, it keeps going. Perfect food. Wow. Yeah. We know it's not a perfect food. Anchovies. So, no, so, <laughs> some body once told me yeah. the world was going to roll me. Oh, I had a hiccup there. That was gross. <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't have anything for nine, honestly. It's like, not. Yeah, like nine's not a bad issue. Uh, yeah, like I got Night two Watchmen, small things. Night Watchmen's. I mean ultimately kind of boring but that's also because like i didn't have all of that extra backstory so i think if i had spencer's backstory a little bit more for the context of like who he is and like how him and leo's relationship were um i probably would have enjoyed it a little bit more but like from the outside i was kind of like okay so he's both galahad and night watchman when's he sleep exactly well, that's why he says, like, in the comic, like, it, when he's talking with Leo, like, I got to figure out which one of these I'm going to be at some point. You know, like, I can't keep this up kind of thing. So he's not sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> I'm reading again my two notes, and one of them is actually for the next issue. But in issue nine, uh, Leo says that the mutagen should have made Splinter more human, not like a bat, because he was most recently in contact with humans. That's we don't know that that's how mutagen works in this universe. That's how it yeah, works in the cartoon. That's, car- that's eighty-seven logic, but even yeah. that's not really eighty-seven logic because eighty-seven doesn't have logic. Right, but in the, in this series, at least, all we've seen is them like they use it on animals and they just get like bigger and smarter and walk on two legs is basically all it does, right? But yeah, uh, but yeah, like you were saying, like it's it's not exactly how it works in the book. So yeah. And then my next note, I, I realize now, is actually for number 10. But uh, so Donatello gets off the train. He goes into this water tower. And then, but like the inside of the water tower is like a secret layer or something. Like there's like, like computers and stuff in there. I didn't quite understand. Was that like Galahad's base or something? Maybe it's one of his outposts. I, I don't know on that one. I don't have an yeah. explanation for that. <laughs> I was just yeah. as lost as you were. Okay. And then there's kind of a continuity error because like Mike and Raph don't get off in midway city they go to chicago but then when they meet up with savage dragon they know everything that happened to leo even though they never talked to him that was like like that's a little weird and then later like even though mike and raf met savage dragon when don and leo show up they don't meet up with mike and raf they just kind of happen upon savage dragon which i thought was kind of sloppy but otherwise i mean it's it's fine i had forgotten that raf didn't show up again for the rest of the book yeah like after after he has that like that bar fight i totally forgot that he just doesn't come back uh for the next issue and a half yeah <laughs> he's having the time of his life in chicago right now yeah i mean he's having fun in that in that brawl but yeah <laughs> it's like there's there's just a lot going on yeah, but I mean, it's not—it's not like a, a horrible amount. I just literally forgot that he wasn't there because, mm-hmm. like, nobody brought attention to it. 
I mean, they're gonna do it at the end. They're like, well, Raph needs some way to get back. Well, because like they talk about well, how that was the end. That was a, that was at the end. Yeah. Like nobody but, nobody says during the action, like, hey, where's Raph? We could use his help right now or something. Yeah. Like, in fact, Mikey's like, hey, I just saw you. I just saw you up here, so I just climbed up the side of the building. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> like, I loved that moment. It's kind of funny. It, like it, like the it, it was yeah. kind of funny. It like it. Was, I just I just saw you up here, so I just thought I'd climb up the side of the building. Which is like That's 20 great. stories, by the way. Like, I mean, they could have been exact. Yeah, it's not a it's not they, a they small do mention building. it is it was 20 stories they were up. Yeah, yeah. because he didn't have his blinds closed because no one expects peepers at 20 stories. Exactly. Yeah. Which couldn't have been which could have been an exaggeration on how tall the building was, but also it could actually be 20 stories. Yeah. Nonetheless, it's a very tall building that Mikey just decided to scale to help out. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, uh, my only other anchovy, it's, it's, I wrote it under issue 11, but it's kind of for this whole three issue arc. We've, we've touched on it already. It's just like, I don't know who like Night Watcher is, Night Watchman is, or like uh, this Death Watch death watch guy death watch he's got like a whole backstory and vanguard seems to be his own established character already and like it would have been nice if idw when they were reprinting these turtles issues also reprinted the couple issues that like tied into galahad and vanguard and and all that so we got the complete story yeah um, no it's kind of you know if if like spawn had shown up like I know who that is because he's kind of in the zeitgeist of comic book heroes, but like I don't know who Vanguard is, you know. Yeah. No, that that was definitely like that's definitely my probably my biggest problem with these issues and like as as a story arc that that comes and when I first read it, like kind of slowed it down for me. Uh yeah. is that like yeah, I just got these a bunch of these characters that like I don't know anything about thrown at me. You know, and then the question comes like, it's like, okay, yeah, sure. We're throwing in characters in the image universe. I can try and roll with this. But like suddenly, you know, Ray Rayburn shows up and it's like, did he previously exist in another story or are they just bringing him in out of nowhere? You know, because it yeah. seems like they might just be bringing him in, out of, you know, like he might be all new and brand new just for the story. Uh, but nonetheless, they give him a backstory kind of thing. So well, I think... I think I read that his backstory was actually given in the Vanguard series. Oh. So I, I guess maybe they have a relationship as hero villain or something. I'm not entirely okay. sure. Yeah. So let's anyway, yeah, there's that. And like, you know, like I said, Vanguard, it suddenly, you know, like Savage Dragon tells Vanguard's girlfriend to go tell his her boyfriend about this. But like we have no idea that Vanguard is her boyfriend. Like, not at all. Yeah. So it's like, what is going on like what are they talking about <laughs> well then like i've read this series before and like when that eyeball thing popped up and and zapped savage dragon and transport him i'm like what what is that like yeah it comes out of nowhere but i i it started to come back to me as i read it but i was like man this no wonder i was so confused the first time i read this <laughs> yeah like so this thing is it throws a whole lot of characters without at you without a whole lot of context i can i can get over the night watchman and the galahad one because like mm -hmm. They already are kind of familiar to us as being Batman and Robin, essentially. And, you know, Leo at least reads the flyer for the city before going in that fills you in on their history. Uh, you know, at least enough that you can that you can tread water there. Like this one, just all of a sudden Vanguard runs into the room and Vanguard is here. And you're like, 
where did he come from? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I like Gary Carlson was like, "Hey, I didn't get a guest era issue, so I'm just gonna do it now." <laughs> yeah. If I could just cram all my com all my characters in here. Yeah. Yeah. Also, thanks. Like, yeah, I can't decide if like Mikey being being with Hortus is weird or not. Like him, like making out with her and stuff because like like rapture brings up that like he's taking advantage of her that she can't take care of herself and like granted michael is supposed to be a teenager i guess i just don't know how mature horror this is and so like they're kind of yeah. be a little yeah. bit of weirdness there we we don't have like an age for her but also she could just be she could be even older than michelangelo but just like socially stunted because she was locked in the basement for most of her life but like either and and like how much of that does michelangelo know and you know it it, it's treading some tricky water there yeah so there's that but then but so like even like looking past that and just seeing it's kind of like a cute moment like michelangelo leaves and he's super happy because he's now had like a romantic moment with someone but then he mentions rapture's boobs almost popping out when she's yelling yeah. at him along with this great stuff and it's kind of like and you ruined the moment like yeah yeah, yeah. you know it's like okay now you're just making him pervy and you know maybe he is taking advantage of this girl now like maybe it's not like michelangelo just being a genuine yeah, like it, it it almost it directly undercuts like the cute moment he kind of had mm-hmm. by thinking about rapture's boobs yeah so that kind of that, that part i was kind of like oh come on like you know this was kind of like a cute moment where it's like oh man he had a kiss michelangelo gets to connect with people this is great and then he mentions that also Rapture's boobs almost popped out when she was yeah. yelling at me. And it was like, ow, why did you have to do this? <laughs> so the um, so the Savage Dragon co- uh, comics kind of take place in real time. They don't they don't abide by comic book time. So everybody in those books are the age that they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like with real birth dates and everything. Um, so according to the Savage Dragon wiki, uh, Horatus, Sarah, uh, she was born in 1975. Okay, so she's 22 in So she's definitely old enough. Yeah. Uh, not knowing her full story and if she's stunted, you know, develop, de- uh, develop mentally. Um, so she could have the mind of somebody younger. She just might not pick up on those social cues mm-hmm. um having not read savage dragon now you know all the savage dragon fans in the audience if you could let us know more about Hordis, please do <laughs> but uh according to the, according to the savage dragon wiki um she is not she's at least not underage well you know michelangelo probably technically is underage if he's still a teenager they might be 18 in this season uh, i don't think uh, so. it opened a, with their 18th birthday so yeah i was gonna say so they're 18 okay. now too remember that was in the first issue that wasn't the first issue they are 18 okay anyway so because that, that's the thing too is like the the and so the turtles like like i said because they're kind of tied so heavily into savage dragon um, and specifically, like that universe and image, and that's real time. That kind of resets the turtles' like day because if they were 15 in 1984, but they're only uh, 18. And when, when did this start? Nin- uh, 95, 96. 
96. 96. 96 was the first issue, so you know they should be in their 20s. Yeah, I, the continuity is all screwed up anyway. Yeah, this just throws another wrench into it. Anyway, that's, that's anyway, all I got for anchovies. Yeah, issue 11. Uh, my only note is all the characters thrown at us, so that's nothing new. We already talked about that. So issue 11, my my big anchovy with it um, was Donatello, quote unquote, dying. And then like the the cyborg computer brain is like, like, no, he's dead, guys. And then like everyone's like, Donatello, you're just crazy. Leo, talk, Leo, talk some sense into your brother. It's like you have you have no no reason to not believe this, and you're taking it very nonchalantly. I mean, but at this point, how many times have they cheated death? You know, like how how seriously I mean, do they take all this at this point? That's the I other. Mean, question. I mean, okay, fair, but also at the same time, like they still don't know anything about this like cyborg computer. Like, if anything, they just found out that the cyborg computer uh, or that that Death Watch has like his own version of the cyborg computer that like corrupted Donnie's. So like it's even more dire that they figure out like, like is Donnie really dead? And just the way they kind of brush it off is is a little annoying. It's it's almost as annoying as like, you know, Leo last week or last time we talked about these books where, you know, let me give you a kiss on your boo-boos. Yeah, it, it definitely goes back to them like not necessarily caring about each other, but the the way I kind of wrote it off in my head is like a couple of issues ago, uh, the the robot armor took over Donatello uh, because it felt threatened. So I, I kind of thought maybe Leo was just like going back to that. Like that was a temporary thing because of the situation. Maybe that's happening again now. But but like but still, but, but that's know. not that's not ever really said on panel. Like if if Leo had a line of dialogue that said that, like, oh, this has happened before. Yeah, he does this all the time, right? He That's does all this all needed. the time. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> something like that. But it's so, like, and it's Dragon who's like, hey, you should probably talk to your brother. I think he's gone crazy. Yeah. And also weird that Dragon isn't like, hey, uh, why is one of you a robot now? <laughs> doesn't he Doesn't he say that? He does mention that. He's like, what the hell? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he, does like, he does mention that. can. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. I forgot about that terrible joke. Yeah. <laughs> well, then. Uh, we... Yeah. So that was that was my that was my one one big anchovy for the three issues. I mean, like I said, these these weren't bad. So let's talk about what we liked about him. Oh, I love being a turtle. So I've just always come to really love when the turtles team up with superheroes. Like I don't know, I just love a good Ninja Turtle superhero team up. It's it's fun every time for me. Uh, I think for me, I think for me, I need, I need them to do it with real superheroes. Like when it's their fake versions of like, you know, Silver Sentry or or someone like that. Like I don't, I don't like, I don't like superheroes existing in their world. But when they exist in superheroes' world, like like Batman, you know, I think that's infinitely cooler. So I, I like this. Yeah. And this that's the thing is like, I don't know, like it's 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 fun. You gotta do like a lot more like kind of superhero-y things, you know, like creating the antidote and having to like stick it in them and save people. Um 
it's for me it's a lot of fun uh, i can't remember did did night watchman say why the gas didn't work on splinter but it worked on the people i think all it did is like cure his mutant strain of rabies and so like it was his mutant strain of rabies that was mutating people into bats but it's not because of the rabies that splinter is a bat in the first place got it it's kind of got like a double I don't, that's what my guess is. That's the way I got it. Okay. I, Cause yeah. I, I was like, did I miss something here? But uh, I don't think they explain it. It's, it's kind of final boss logic, too. You know, like mm. the thing that worked on all the minions doesn't work on the final boss. But yeah. Yeah. It's tied to rabies in some way. Mm. It always comes back to rabies. <laughs> right. But yeah, like I did mention that I, I, I actually, after reading these books, I'm kind of more interested in Big Bang comics just because you, there's this interesting thing where we get to see, like I said before, like Robin actually be grown up now and be an adult, which, you know, we almost got before the new 52, but it doesn't happen very often. Uh, you know, we kind of get a bit of that with Nightwing as a character, but in this, we get to have someone taking over the mantle and he's developed like two different personas, which I think is interesting. You know, one, which is kind of like the, the symbol of hope for everyone that's out during the day and it's the PR guy, which is what Galahad is, but he needs that boogeyman guy to be at night. And so he also has his night watchman persona that he's using to. Well, to it's, it's a neat idea that like the, that he takes it upon himself to be Superman and Batman. Yeah. Like that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And so I, I actually really like that concept as a character. Granted, that doesn't have anything much to do with the turtles and wasn't necessarily that much in this book. It was only slightly touched on, but it's a really cool idea for... for All the stuff I liked in these issues didn't have anything to do with the turtles. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like the action's fun. Uh, like I mentioned, you know, they they don't call the grappling hook a grappling hook. You know, they call it a kaginawa, which is which is really cool that they are at least kind of digging more into those, that ninja stuff. Uh, so overall, like I really enjoyed it. It was my favorite of these issues. Mm. I like that Leo got his own story. Like the other three turtles aren't in this book, but like the last couple of issues, Leo has had really nothing to do mm. to the point that like the most he did was take a nap at the end of the last issue. <laughs> yeah. so it's cool to, cool to see him get his own issue here. Yeah, well, and I always like, you know, especially it does, doesn't need to be all the time, but definitely getting stories where you finally get, kind of get a turtle on their own. You kind of get some room to breathe and everything and not have all everyone all crowded into one book. Uh, it's it's fun to get single stories with a single turtle to see them yeah. do something fun. Well, I like that. I mean, and this goes through most of the series, like all four turtles don't have to be in the same place at the same time to keep the story going forward. I think Carlson really balances it out pretty nicely. Like this is a Leo issue. Uh, Raph has stayed behind in Chicago. Now uh, Mike was doing his own thing with the mob, you know, like they all four don't always have to be in the same spot for the story to be interesting. Yeah. You get even more adventures for the price of one, you know, right. <laughs> for the price of one book. Yeah. I mean, and it's cool. Like as the turtles get older, when they have these separate stories. Mm. Something I hope we see more of in future volumes. Volume four does a lot of splitting them up and giving and that them. That was that was foreshadowing. 
Oh. <laughs> that was five shadowing. That was five. Uh, it was it was volume four shadowing. <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's see. Issue the the next issue, issue ten. Um, oh. We've talked about this before, but I like that they're still like trying to deduce what's going on. Like they had this. It was a couple issues ago when they were like conversing in the alley about like who could have stabbed the homeless guy, and in this they're kind of doing the same thing where they're like, "All right, well, there's reports of giant bats in Midway City, so we'll go there." But then also like reports of a, a vampire creature, bats, vampires. So like, let's split up, and we're gonna just hit this splinter problem from every possible lead that we have, and we'll figure it out. You know, I I like that logic. I, I it's interesting storytelling. Yeah, well, and it, it, the other thing that's really cool about it is it's a way to like kind of pull the turtles out of New York and have mm-hmm. them see and experience the bigger, wider world, uh, which is which is really cool because for the most part they've kind of stayed in New York and Northampton and they don't really go outside of those in their comic books, so it, it's fun to see a bigger, wider world out there and and to have them meeting new people and new characters and new villains to fight. I, I like the scene at the beginning where Donatello like sneaks up on Leonardo and scares him. <laughs> it's it's pretty funny. Uh, and then, you know, Leonardo says like, sneak up on me like that. I could have hurt you. And then Donatello says, not with that wrench. I'm metric. Yeah. <laughs> Talking yes. about the wrench Leo has in his hand. It's, you know. <laughs> it's a good engineering joke. Yeah, it, it's like dumb. But at the same time, it, it struck me. It was really funny when I read it because... You know, it didn't strike him was that wrench it did not <laughs> there's a part I, I'm, I'm sure i i was sure you're gonna mention it spencer but i'm gonna i'm gonna jump the gun on you uh you've talked before about how like you don't necessarily like the turtles in the image universe because there's a bunch of like you know that whole universe is populated with a bunch of superhero freaks and everything yeah and in issue 10 they finally kind of acknowledge it when mike and raf are like dressed up uh in trench coats and savage dragons like take those off you're not that weird you know <laughs> like compared yeah. to me and Cyberface and the freak forest you know you look more conspicuous now just take that off and walk around which was you know? which was something i which was something i also really liked because we know the turtles can exist in this world but which was weird because like at the end uh leo thanks uh roxanne for keeping them out of the report out of the news report well, he does that, yeah. and then Roxanne is just like, guys, you're not a big deal here. <laughs> you're not a big yeah. deal here in Chicago. Like you're just like you don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess I do like how they kind of limit it and try to like I don't know I guess maybe kind of put a bubble around Chicago so the Turtles New York can still kind of be their New York, which is mm-hmm. you know probably a good thing. However, it still doesn't quite make sense, but it's fine. You know, like it, it is funny that they address it and make jokes about it, and I do like that. Yeah. Um, even if apparently he was a vanguard villain, I like that there's at least like is a new villain, a new concept for a villain introduced with vanguard. You know, I, that's probably one of the biggest positives of this series. Uh, I mean, there's just quite a few of them, but I do like that they bring in a whole lot of different new villains for the turtles to fight that aren't just the foot. Uh, you know, with Komodo and Pimico, and you know now they have this Rayburn guy that you know has kind of become a side quest. Death watch. Um, Death watch. Death watch. And so, yeah, like I like, I like them having to fight Death Watch. You know, 
<laughs> it's a long A. Yeah. Just <laughs> <Wash. laughs> You gotta make sure you extend the A whenever you say yeah. Death Watch. I haven't warmed up, so I don't have my metal voice going on right now. <laughs> I really liked uh, Raph and Michelangelo's. I forget if this was 10 or 11, but uh, you know, they go their separate ways. Raph goes to the strip club. Michelangelo goes to uh, Sarah slash Hordis's place. But each of them, like, later on we see them and, like, Mike is leaving Sarah's place. He's like, oh, man, Raph's missing out on such a great night. And then Raph's getting kicked <laughs> out of the strip club. He's like, man, Mike's missing out on such a great night. <laughs> yeah, that's what, I, that's what I, that was the joke I made because, like, it was really funny that, uh, like, Mikey's got a smile on his face and then Raph gets launched out and he's like, He's got a smile on his face. Yeah. Well, then he like charges right back in because he's not gonna leave without having finished his food. You know, he wanted to finish his food. <laughs> yeah. <out of> there. <laughs> which, but which was also like what I was saying. Like, we don't just we just never see Raph again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just stays there. Funny. But yeah. Ultimately, like these issues are a good time. Like, and and it's it's actually been really cool reading them. To discover some of these image characters i didn't know about like now now i'm actually like kind of you know i've dug into vanguard and i've dug into like galahad and it's actually made these issues a little bit more interesting uh i mean honestly like my favorite thing was discovering that big bang comics number 10 uh that whole story where you see galahad fight the shredder and you get to see the shredder being that sounds awesome i gotta look look that up it's worth it uh a lot of fun so it's it was really cool to to kind of find that and kind of go back in time and and discover these things that were coming out at this time. So cool. When I was just coming into this world. <laughs> <laughs> so All young. right. Well, I think that just about covers it for uh, these three issues, right? Yeah. Mike, you want me to count you in? You want to do the theme song this time? Uh, no. You know what? I'm going to retire the bit. Okay. Uh, and leave it up to you because you are just the master of it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, so. news. This is April O'Neil of Channel 6. So, oh boy, what a what a week for news! Uh, and both of them, like, and both like that's okay. Uh, and both news items like came out yesterday and today as we're recording. So, um, probably should have had it pulled up already before <laughs> before I did this. Okay. So announced yesterday morning uh, is we already knew that the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Cowabunga collection from Konami was going to get a physical version. We already knew that. We we didn't know was that it was going to have a limited edition um, with just a ton of stuff in it. So uh reading this off off of uh Konami's website for the uh Kalabunga collection uh this is it comes with a physical copy of the game with original box design by Kevin Eastman so a different box art uh than the game a cloth poster featuring Kevin Eastman 
Eastman's adaptation of Turtles in Time. So it's the Turtles in Time arcade game poster drawn by Kevin Eastman. A multi-layer acrylic diorama of Leo, Donnie, Raph, and Mikey. An enamel pin set of five pins, the Technodrome, Turtle Blimp, Party Wagon, Shredder, and Krang. Uh, looks like Krang is in his uh, Turtles in Time pose, and Shredder is also from Turtles in Time. But the uh, van is from the van and the blimp are from the original arcade game. Uh, a set of twelve translucent comic style character trading cards based on tournament fighters, with rarely seen appearances from Wingnut, Armagon, Chrome Dome, War, Aska, Karai, and more. And what's really cool is that the uh, card art is the Japanese art for the game, not the original American art. Uh, and then full color art book with 180 pages featuring a chapter dedicated to each of the 13 games in the collection. So quite quite the beefy collector's edition here uh it is a grand total of 159 dollars us so yeah <laughs> uh i already pre-ordered it because the art like the art book sold me like a chapter per uh game that's amazing yeah i think i'm gonna pass though um it is the art book I want the art book and nothing else. It is a lot of money. Uh, I definitely agree. Uh, which is kind of the pushback that I've been seeing a lot with it. Um, I mean, when you kind of bundle a lot of this stuff together, like, yeah, it seems cheapy stuff, but, you know, nice enamel pins by themselves are like 10 bucks each. So five pins, that's 50 bucks right there. So, you know, it's, it, it depends, you know, I mean, it's all in the value that you place on it. Uh, yeah. If it I want enamel pins of the turtles, I'd go on Etsy. So, I mean, but, but that's the thing is like, they're not enamel pins of the turtles they are enamel pins of like the arcade version of the party wagon. I, but I feel like my comment still stands. <laughs> I mean, sure. You could try and find one out there or I'll just have this one with that came with the game. I'm not fighting anybody on this, but um it, it to me this is really cool um and i was already going to get the physical version anyway which i had actually just finished paying off on at gamestop uh so now i gotta be like oh, I, I gotta cancel guys <laughs> so i got i gotta like cancel and let me give you some more money now well, i mean i'll just transfer my pre-order to something else um but i mean yeah like this is cool uh, so it came out, uh, the collector's editions for PS5, PS4, the Xbox, Series X, and S, um, and the Nintendo Switch. So it doesn't say the Xbox One gets a collector's edition, which I thought was interesting. But um, but yeah, uh, most of these versions, I believe, are already sold out as we record this. Um I got mine at Target yesterday morning, which for the Switch was the first one to sell out. And then I just kind of watched everything kind of trickle away throughout the day. So if you haven't already gotten this, it may be too late by the time you hear this. Um, but definitely check with your favorite real retailer for video games. You know, maybe, maybe you'll get lucky. Um, I know it went up on Best Buy, Amazon, and, and GameStop too, so... 
Yeah, I'm really interested in the art book. Um, but uh, the rest of the stuff, I'm not. If I'm I can, not. I will try to scan it as best I can. That'd be great. I kind of hope it comes out separately. Like I, I would pay, you know, 60 bucks for the game and the book, but 150 for those are the only two things I want. You know, what what am I gonna do with a cloth poster? I'm I'm in my 30s, you know. <laughs> so. I mean, yeah, like I don't have much use for cloth posters, but I mean that's a poster I would put up at my desk. Yeah. Yeah, but at, at, at my recording station. Well, for me, I don't know, I'm not really an, a pins guy. I, you know, like I always see pins and I'm like, that looks so cool. And then I'm like, what, where would I put this pin? Like, where, where am I going to put this pin? Where will see, I, I, have, this? I, I, see, don't I have pins? I have pins on my jackets. I have pins on my beanies that I wear. Mm. Like, I'm a pin guy. I'm not like an obnoxious pin guy like the Disney pin guys are. <laughs> Not like a but, pin cushion. Just yeah, pin but 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 I but I have like a good collection of pins that I like to wear, mm-hmm. um, and by like different artists, like you know, Artist Alley. When I when I see some cool pins there, like I love to pick those kind of things up. Yeah, so I guess the thing is, like, I'm not I'm not really a pin guy. Um, art books are always interesting. Like I, I mentioned like Liam Sharp in before we were you know when we were talking before the show uh you know the stuff that goes in our bonus content and he has an art book coming out that i've you know helped what i kick-started i'm excited to get because like i said i really oh. love his art sorry you just reminded me my varner uh, studios uh kickstarter book about the uh all the designs for the original ninja turtles toy line that should be here soon Ooh. yeah I, i'd love to see just liam sharp just draw the ninja turtles once like maybe just do a cover it'd be great <laughs> Even sure if you're listening, make it happen, man. <laughs> I highly doubt he is. He, he, he seems like he kind of likes covering. He's in a lot of Wonder Woman, and he seems like a lot of his art usually is like uh, like mid-century Europe kind of mythology is kind of where he likes to hang out. You know, I mean, he's done Batman Reptilian, and he did uh, run on Green Lantern with Grant Morrison, but it seems like when it comes to like what he really likes doing when he's be able to write his own stuff that it, it sits in that area, but who knows, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe he would be interested in Ninja Turtles. You never know. You never know. You never know until it happens. Uh, so no release date on this collection just yet. Uh, still scheduled for 2022. Then we get to today. Uh, so this morning, I actually woke up to this lovely news. Um, so a brand new 11 minute trailer for, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge was uh, dropped online. Uh, it's basically the first two stages of the game. Um, and where we got the reveal that the game is going to be voiced by the original uh, cast of the 87 cartoon. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. So it's so a lot of lot of voice clips uh, and they're all recorded. They're all new recorded voice clips for the game. Uh, specifically for the game. They're not recycled archive clips from the show, uh, which was very funny because I think we talked about this last year. Uh, a friend of mine uh, said he had read some line, did some line readings for uh, the game with, uh, with the cast, like just kind of, just kind of helping them run lines for it. And then immediately he had said, it's not for, it's not for Shredder's Revenge. And then almost a little over a year later, after he made that tweet, we get this. Curious. 
as uh, I, I, you know, I sent him a little message and I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't believe you now. I had to dig up his tweet from last year to say it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and he liked it. So that's an acknowledgement that is between him and I. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, but it's cool. It, like, it, it's really cool. It's an 11 minute trailer. Um, like I said, it, it basically plays through the first two stages of the game. Uh, I can't remember the name of the first stage right now, but the second stage is called Big Apple 3 p.m., which really like just tickled me because it's also voiced. So just have just having that is such a is such a neat bit. And it like watching the gameplay and like how far it's come along, this game looks so good. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I, like all the super I think we attacks. still don't have a release date, but they did so, at least say summer 22. So that was the cool reveal at the end of this trailer um, was we got the official kind of release period of summer 2022. Perfect. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm guessing... So place your bets now. I'm going to go first. I am guessing August. Okay. Um, are we doing? I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna go month. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pick pick a specific yeah. day because obviously it'll be like you know games release on Fridays. So right. Are we doing prices right rules? Like if it comes out in. Well, I mean, okay. So summer <laughs> summer is May to. Uh well it's June August June July August Spencer you went June or July but also but also like I'm guessing May July. sometimes in September sometimes I'll take June all right June July we heard August. it June July go. and I'm August so perfect uh let us know where you think that game is going to release and when it comes out in December Mike will give everybody five dollars that's <laughs> not part of this uh, agreement I'm not endorsing that at all. Mm. What I am endorsing is you, listener, for listening to the show every week. Thank you again for hanging out with us. Um, that's it for the week. So again, well, thank you. Hold up. No, I said uh, yeah. I already started. I already started the <laughs> goodbye. There is one big, massive piece of news of something that's going to be coming out the breaking day after news. this podcast releases. It's not breaking. Oh well, then I'm not allowing this. But the last Ronin no. number five. Oh yeah, well that's not news. We talked about that last week. This we is your did. one week what? warning. This is your one week warning that after this episode drops, go to your local comic book store. Let them know that you want issue five of the last Ronin. But issue check, five is coming out. Issue this, five is coming out. Check this the out. Day after, what, what a, the day after this. What a run of time to be a Turtles fan. So today, the Armageddon Games one shot came out. That's the what the 2020-2021 annual reprinted. Next week. Last run number five. Week after that, next issue of the IDW series featuring Venus. That weekend, free comic book day, Armageddon Games begins. What what a run of comics we're on right now. It is a, yeah, it is a huge ramp up of just cool content for Ninja Turtles comics. Also, speaking of last run in, um, so uh, Kevin Eastman tweeted this earlier, and I didn't think about it because my wife orders books from Barnes & Noble. Uh, Barnes & Noble has a pre-order code right now uh, called Pre-Order 25. You can use that on the trade collection for uh, the last Ronin for the hard for the hardcover. 
Yeah. Personally, I'm holding out still for like a special edition hardcover because I think there's going to be one. Hopefully there should be one that has their original outline and everything else in it. I really want that so badly. Please give it to me. <laughs> like a collect, like a collector's edition. Yeah, I want the I want the full like annotated, you know, twenty inch wide book. It would be, I, it I would want be cool it. to have all of that. Yeah. Uh, so well, and they put out like the designs in separate books already. So really, all they got to do is just like bring it all together in one book. I'm 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 crossing my fingers. We'll get that eventually. I want to see that original outline. Like I I want to see that original outline. So Same. freaking bad. So, please, IDW, if you're listening, for some reason, give it to me. Tom Waltz, if you're listening, yeah. I have a feeling this might be one of those books that have multiple versions of the collected edition, so I'm not yeah. too worried, but I would really like that. Like, Well, if you don't want to wait for all level. of if you don't want to wait for all of that, go to Barnes & Noble and use the pre-order code, pre-order 25. All but also, if you don't righty. want to do that, then go to your local comic store and pre-order that. Way. Is that is is that all the news? Is that all the news now, Spencer? That is all the news. We're done. We're good. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, so. for thank you, everybody, for uh, sticking around for another episode of the Neutral Power Hour. Uh, we love you. Let us know somewhere on the internet how much you love us at Ninja Turtle PH on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And uh, yeah, we got a Discord. So let us know if you wanna jump into that uh i have to generate a new link because i forgot that links are only available for seven days so uh should be a new link up on our socials um so come on in it's a fun party um our question our ask an expert question for the week comes from young colin stein uh asked there was a he got an email about a comic book being digitally edited um in his comicsology account and wanted to know if that has ever happened before uh yes colin uh that has happened before in many comics that's it do you have a specific example uh, <laughs> do i have a specific example um uh, i can think of a couple marvel books um not specific ones but i know like there's they've made some changes to like um like somebody noticed something bad in the background. I remember there was like a guy who put who snuck like anti-Israeli like propaganda yes. in, into one comic. Um, there was one comic so, that instead of saying jewelry, it was jewelry. Yeah, yeah, it, that was pretty recent. Um, and that was yeah, that's what Batman's that Wang is a Batman's pretty, Wang is yeah. another one. Um, and plus, like some of the little any little changes that we've noticed just in the. In the color classics version mm-hmm. and granted that's not an that's not a change to an already published digital book but um yeah that kind of stuff happens in uh like they'll they'll make changes to comics that you may have already bought as well um because they're digital and because they have access to it so that's just, and that's another reason why like certain comics when they have that error become more popular on the secondary market yeah, this is why I buy uh, physical editions because I can look at Bruce Wayne's genitalia at any point in time. I own that comic. Can't take it away from me, DC. I remember uh, one of the comic book stores, actually a friend of mine, she runs it, uh, comic book hideout out here. Um, she had Batman's Wang on display in the store. 
Wow. You know, I read through that comic, did not see it, and then read an article about it and went back and was like, that's like the yeah, like the darkest silhouette. It's like, I don't it's, know what the big deal was about. It's definitely but. a Barbara Streisand effect. Like a lot of people never would have noticed it mm-hmm. if yeah, there wasn't national attention drawn to it. Yeah. But anyway. Cool. So there's there's your expert answer. Yes. There's your expert answer. Colin Stein. Everybody hang out with us in our Discord. Go check out the Ask an Expert channel. Yeah. All right. So, uh, hey, Spencer, what are we doing next week? Next week, we are covering The Last Ronin, number five. Yeah, we are. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The end is oh, stoked. It's uh, the ending is finally here. Uh, the final confrontation between Michelangelo and Hiroto. And I am so excited. It's going to be good. Can't wait. Can't wait. So that's our show this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time, cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga. LOL 420 Blazer. funny because 420 will be like over for like an entire week when this comes out <laughs> yeah i mean the joke's not dated at all okay nope. right. nope but you know we have- totally jokes stop being funny at noon on on april 20th oh, 420 blazer huh? oh well it's already pretty late and yep yeah i need to get, get going so all right guys good so are you uh you doing the comic review summary yeah i'll i'll summarize it sounds good okay cool see y'all next week for last running see you next week take care take care bye yeah for me though it's been a great week for just like comic books because like i realized that coming up in i think it's maybe the week of may 4th or it's the one after that like this one I've known is coming out for a while though, but Jurassic League is coming. That's oh, the, the the Dinosaur Justice League one. Yes, the Dinosaur Justice League one. That's coming at the beginning of May. It might be the second week of May. Uh, and then one of my favorite artists, Liam Sharp, has announced his own like creator-owned book under Image called Starhenge, Starhenge, which is going to be like Merlin traveling in time and like fighting aliens in the future and it's got like magic mixed with tech and it's liam sharp art so can't go wrong there then i saw idw announced several new titles for this year and one of them is called like golgotha motorway or something motorway or highway motorway i'll have to look look at what it is again uh but it's just it looks like it's another just absolutely crazy story (laughs) But so yeah, I've been you know I've I've seen there's quite a few comics for me to look forward to this year. I'm excited, That's and then we got Armageddon games coming out already with IDW Turtles. Yeah.
trying to think of like what other comics that like I'm really like looking forward to and I guess there's really not much like I'm usually the kind of guy that like unless it's an artist I know mm-hmm. doing the book it doesn't hit my it doesn't hit my wheelhouse until like I'm walking down the aisle and I see it on the shelf and then I'm like oh that looks cool oh it's number one all right let's grab that <laughs> yeah pretty much I get like turtles Usagi Ojimbo Saga Spider-Man and Moon Knight that's about it See, like Marvel books, I don't really buy anymore because I have Marvel Unlimited. Mm-hmm. So I'll just wait the three months and then have it get out of there. Um, but yeah, uh, what else? What are the other books? I'll get the Goon too, but that's had like one comic in the last year. So the new Rocketeer book, I have to go pick that up. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I was going to pick that up myself. I actually am curious about it too, even though I've never watched the movie and I don't really know anything about oh, the buddy. iconic design. And I, I really like the design of the Rocketeer whenever I've seen it. And jetpacks are fun. You know, I like Adam Strange for a reason. As <laughs> as much as much as we like the original Ninja Turtles movie for how much it ties to like the Mirage book. Uh the Rocketeer is the perfect comic book movie adaptation. Hmm. Flat out. I like it comic. changes it changes a couple things, but all of it is for the better. And I, I'm gonna have to watch this movie. I need to watch it. <laughs> I mean, it's on Disney Plus. I've heard it is, yeah. Like I'll like I said, I need to watch it. I'll check it out. Uh its 30th anniversary was last year so yeah 31 this year just make sure you don't watch rocket man which is yeah. a mistake i would make uh but also rocket man is great because it's a fantastic movie and taron edgerton does a fantastic elton john mm-hmm. what's the other rocket there's two rocket men's it was one of those like we don't, that's the one 92. that's the one that would be a horrible mistake <laughs> I don't even remember that actor, but I remember him being in every stupid comedy in the late 90s. Yeah, absolutely. He's in like Dumb and Dumber and just everything. Yeah. I I know how I made that mistake too. I'm pretty sure I just hovered over it on Wikipedia and saw Disney in 1990 something. I was like, oh yeah, that's the movie that Mike loves. <laughs> Um, the the series that I've been really also digging into lately, though, on on DC Universe as it's coming out, so I'm I'm a, quite a few issues behind. But Blue and Gold, uh, it's like a Booster Gold and Blue Beetle comic. Mm-hmm. I, I love the the duo anyway, so there's there's that. But they've really like modernized it in a super cool way, where like Booster Gold is like an influencer kind of thing. So like he has a he has like a, a GoFundMe and stuff like while he's streaming and he's got a GoFundMe, which they rename like, like, please give me money or something like that. Or please pay me. That's what they call it. <laughs> like, <laughs> please pay me. Uh, but, he, you know, he streams and, and does all these things to, to try and, you know, pay, you know, get make money being a hero, essentially, and, and being able to do it full time kind of thing. And that's and, and that's Ted Cord. No, that's that's Booster Gold. And then, oh. 
and then he he decides to team up with Blue Beetle, you know, Ted Cord. Yes, Ted Cord Blue Beetle. Uh who I don't know when or how he came back to life, but he did. I gotta figure that one out eventually. But <laughs> yeah, because like I was gonna say, like, I don't think Booster hangs out with Jamie. No, he doesn't work out with you know, he doesn't Jaime. He doesn't really hang out with Jaime. And in Justice 2, he's like a mentor to him. But he's never well he also teamed up with him during i don't know i'd have to read more comics but <laughs> i know they do see each other him and i may do but hashtag read more comics i'm working on it i've been reading pretty much about every dc character that interests me which ends up like the list grows every day which is kind of a problem but I've been reading, every, trying to read everything since Crisis on Infinite Earths. And I'm trying to read up to now. Wow. Everything that's on DC Universe Infinite. So that's like, I've been reading like The Suicide Squad. I've almost finished Ostrander's run. I just finished George Perez's run of Wonder Woman. Uh, I've been reading Justice League. So I finished up uh, Keith Giffen's run on Justice League. I've been reading them like all kind of side by side together. So it's it's been a lot of reading comics, but it, I enjoy them. So it's not like a big deal to me. <laughs> Hawkworld, that's the other one I've been reading because I suddenly decided I was interested in Hawkman. Uh, Hawkman's so cool. Ostrander's run on Hawkworld, which is pretty good. I've been reading Hellblazer. My, my list is infinite and it keeps going on forever and ever, you know, and then I'll buy a new Saki Jimbo book and read that. And it, it's a problem, but yeah. yeah, there's too much. There's too much. Yeah. I thought DC was getting to like a really good point right before they got to new 52. Like mm-hmm. I really liked the uh, JSA and like JLA was doing some cool stuff and they were just like, that ah, screw everything. We're starting it all over. I kind of, yeah. kind of fell out of, most uh dc stuff after that well it's funny because they had like a whole lot of like actual progress in like the bat family before they decided to reboot it because i at least i had did Mm -hmm. read like the red robin tim drake run to like to see what was going on kind of thing because i decided that tim drake was my favorite robin uh (laughs) but uh you know you actually got to see that like there was like two batmans now like one that has Damien as his Robin, you know, kind of thing. And that's, you know, Dick Grayson. So like they had like characters like actually progressing and moving somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, all got thrown out, thrown out the window <laughs> with the new 52. And I feel like that's probably like DC's biggest problem, especially like right now, continuity is like a mess, you know, like they have like a big event thing that maybe dictates what's canon and what's not uh but like with rebirth they kind of made it anything canon apparently or something like that or doomsday clock i don't know i i haven't really read any of the modern events i just kind of read the green lantern books and a few others but it's it's kind of a mess (laughs) in it I was going to say read Bone by Jeff Smith because it's one of my all-time favorite books of all time and it's going to be a show on Netflix but apparently it was can- it just it just got announced that it was is canceled. Oh, that sucks. Ooh. Yep. 
Ugh, Netflix. That's, well, enough, you that's enough to cancel your subscription right there. Yeah, well, you know, at least the the Samurai Rabbit. Nope, don't care. Comes out. Don't care. <laughs> Would have rather had Bone. Yeah. That that Usagi show looks so different from the from the comics. I'm trepidatious, but it, I mean, it also looks, Sakai is is uh, involved it, pretty heavily. Yeah, like he's like he's working on the show. Like so, all of this is stuff he wants and he's signing off on. Yeah, so you can have faith in that, but it is it's so different from even just like the normal uh, uh, samurai like space Usagi that it's supposedly based on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I think I think why they're doing it is I just think that Stan Sakai is very particular and wants to protect his creation. Oh yeah, like did did like the eighty seven series of Ninja Turtles like turn it into a juggernaut? Like yes, but also does it make it so that when anyone tries to return to form with the comic books, that suddenly like Ninja Turtles feels unrecognizable to a lot of people? Like that was happening for a long time, you know, with the two thousand three series, which was a return to the comics and return to form kind of thing. Well, yeah, it's also it's also you know he doesn't want to sign away the rights to you know, his, his baby basically. Yeah. Um, you know, which is the reason why like Matt Grenig made the Simpsons. He didn't want to sign away the rights to his comic strip life in hell. Mm -hmm. So he made up the Simpsons like on the spot. And then it turns out like nobody cares about his comic, but, but it's his damn it, but it's his comic. So, and it'll always be his. And the other Uh, interesting thing that might happen though, with this cartoon is because he's looking up to, his ancestor Usagi. So I feel like we'll probably get him brought up and it may turn more people to the comics to actually find them and discover yeah. them. Oh yeah. I think, I, think I read that there was like, there's going to be even flashbacks. Yeah. That's why I, I heard there were going to be flashbacks that might be animated closer to the comic book. Uh, linking these two ideas together, Matt Groening and Usagi, I have a like uh, the art of Usagi Ojimbo where like a bunch of guest artists did like single page spreads of Usagi Ujimbo and Matt Groening did one and it's his oh. life in hell character and he's like a, a samurai but he's cutting off his own ear. Kind of funny. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so I've been doing some Googling and I can't, cannot find it. Hmm. But tell me if I'm wrong because we're talking about uh, Jaime uh, Blue Beetle but yeah. I swear at one point it was Jamie and he was a black kid and now he's Hispanic. He's always wrong about that. He's always been Jaime Reyes. He's he's always been. It could have been Jamie Reyes, but he's always been Hispanic. Okay, it's it's Jaime. Yeah, Jaime. Jaime is the Jaime is the correct pronunciation. Yeah, because I I thought I thought I remembered that they had introduced him as Jamie, an African American kid, right before New Fifty Two, and then when they rebooted it. They kept the same costume, but changed his race and pronunciation of his name. Uh-uh. I am apparently wrong about that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. I don't know why I, I've, I've had that in my head for a long time, but I was like trying to confirm it in my own you're mind. Cro- you're crossing Miles Morales with. I must be. I mean, yeah. Which yeah. to be fair, that was, that was the direction they were going in. Mm-hmm. Like. Miles was such a huge hit that that's kind of what spawned Jaime. Hmm. 
Well, I stand corrected. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I pretty much have read Jamie as Jaime, well, Jaime as Jamie for a long time, and then I learned Spanish and was like, oh, <laughs> it's Jaime. <laughs> I've been wrong this whole time. But, yeah. Not the first people to say Jaime, Jamie, and we probably won't be the last. Right. Well, cool. All right, should we get started then? I think so. Just finishing dinner. Let me wash this down. What are you eating? Red beans and rice. Mm. Yeah. That's my Dep- Maybe mm-hmm. I'm back. And to prep, I had like a, a weird pizza. <laughs> There's this place by my house called like the Pizzeria Limon. And it's so like that means like the, the lemon pizza. So I've actually have had their lemon pizza, which isn't my favorite. But today I had a viola pizza, which has like a few different kinds of cheeses on it. And it's got prosciutto, basil, and blackberries. Really good. They, they kind of have like a very kind of like light pizza too. The crust is a very like light, uh, fluffy, kind of crunchy-ish crust, almost kind of like leavened bread. Uh, it's really good. Hmm. That, that takes it to a next level of like, is fruit a pizza topping? People talk about pineapple. You got blackberries on yours. I love fruit on pizza. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not judge. I'm not weighing in either way. I'm just saying yeah, it seems to be an argument. That's and a hard one. That's a hard one for me. Blackberries. Like this thing is like their flavor isn't that strong and they're not like super sweet. So like, it's just kind of like a nice subtle undertone that you get with the rest of it. It really is a lot. Like I was really kind of like skeptical, but at the same time, like the, the, I don't know, I guess the, the daredevil, the, the guy that just likes trying new things in me was like, you know what, just, just try this pizza and see what it tastes like. You got to know what pizza with blackberries on it tastes like. And I, I mean, it. that's fair. I also am willing to try anything once. So anything, no. anything. I love like uh, apples on my nachos. You ever had that? You just slice them up real, real small, little, little cube dice pieces. Oh, like, fantastic. Like with cheese? On your nachos, or just like just like a, a tortilla chip with with apples? Well, no, it's it's like beans, rice, cheese, guac, a little bit of apple. It's mm. also fantastic. Okay, I guess if it is like, it's not like that liquidy cheddar cheese, and it's just doused in that, and then apples, and it's like actually like shredded cheese. I could maybe see how that's good. Yeah, I can I can get behind that now. It's real good, or it's like queso, really runny, mm. delicious. I do like a good queso. All right, we'll get started now. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. Did we lose Mike? He started without Mike. Was he not done washing his dinner down? It's possible he went to wash his dinner down and then also disconnected. He's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Their best opening ever. <laughs> it was so good, man. I had all the energy I had in my very first episode, and that welcome to the digital power hour. Yeah. Maybe. Man, that's funny. 
just uh, get that nasty uh, slurping sounds all out of the way <laughs> of my drink. Yeah, no, I, I hear it. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so will so will people in bonus content, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'll leave it in. It's kind of funny. Perfect. Yeah. Stalled <laughs> just long enough. Just long enough. Just long enough. Okay, for reals this time, now we're starting. <clears throat> <clears throat> yep, ready.